All right. Best song minister on this platform. Okay, yeah. Best song minister on the platform right now, huh? Y'all doing okay this morning? Y'all ready for Christmas? Have y'all been naughty or nice? You know, what's kind of cool is, uh, you know, I can be naughty and I still get lots of presents, you know? So, I don't know. But my last name is Nick, and I consider myself to be a saint. So I could be, so I could be Saint Nick, I guess. I do give, I, do, I am a big giver. Uh, well, we're talking about the hand of God, um, and I want to, I want to do something funny before I, before I start into my message. If you know the, if you know the, the answer or the punchline, if you will, to my joke, uh, just hold off until I say it that way. Everybody will kind of, but you know, even if you said it out loud, some people still aren't going to get it for a while. It takes some people. It takes some people a while to get it, but they'll, they'll get it. It'll just be funnier to you, okay? So if you don't get it immediately, don't feel bad. Uh, uh, if you don't get it immediately, don't feel bad. You'll figure it out. It'll click tonight, uh, today when you're eating lunch or something. Just make sure you don't have a mouthful of food or you'll spit it out when you start laughing. What do you call a fish with no eye? Nobody knows? Does anybody know? Raise your hand if you know the answer to that. I know my wife does, Linda. Okay. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for the punchline? I told you a lot of you wouldn't get it, but you'll get it in a minute. That's what you call a fish with no eye. See? See, they're, see they're getting it. A few more of them will get it in just a minute. It's a great joke because it lasts so long, especially in a crowd of people. We'll hear, we'll hear somebody over there in a minute laugh or back there or something. Yeah. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody will get it, yeah. I'll, I promise if you didn't get it by next time you see me, I'll tell you a better joke. How about that? Well, we're talking about the hand of God, and the title of my, the title of my message is Under and Above. And you might say under and above. That's kind of that's weird, isn't it? Under and above? How can we be under and above? You know, there's a, there's a law that you see a lot in the Word of God, especially the law of reciprocals. And that, you might not know what reciprocals is. I didn't know either when I first heard it. But basically, opposites. You know, we have opposite sides of a magnet. Uh, you know, when you read the Word of God, when you look in the Bible, you see a lot of things that are opposite. Give, but yet you'll receive. Uh, give up your life and you'll save it. You know, you'll see what I'm saying. Try to, try to save your life, and you're going to lose it. So we see a lot of reciprocal, reciprocals, and, that's, and the verse that I picked uh, today is going to be a verse of reciprocals to things that are opposite. But, and we can be both. We can be under and above, and you'll see. But 1 Peter 5, 6 is the, the verse that we're kind of focusing on this morning. And it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So we can see here that if we'll humble ourselves under, then God will exalt us. He will bring us above. Okay, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. And something else that I want you guys to remember, a couple of things that I, I want you guys to not just remember today for the message, but always, is that God wants us to have a fantastic life. Here... And when we go to be with him, of course. 
But even though we live here in this world where horrible bad things are going to happen to you, uh, you know, Jesus never said that life will be perfect and carefree and no troubles. He said you'll have trouble in this life. But he said, but don't worry about it because I've overcome the world. <clears throat> and as long as we know him and we're doing what he wants us to do, then we'll be just fine. He has an answer for everything. He has a solution for everything. All right. So I want you to know that. And I want you to also know that God wants us to have lots and lots of fun. Okay. He doesn't want our life to be boring and sad and discouragement all the time. Okay. Uh, I just can't picture Jesus walking this earth and him being boring and solemn. You know, they, they have pictures of Jesus. What they, you know, they'll paint a picture of him. And it looks like he's always got his head down like this. He's always like this or like this. And he looks sad and solemn, you know. But I just don't think Jesus was like that. The Bible says where the presence of God is, there's fullness of joy. And if anybody had the presence of God, Jesus had the presence of God. He had fullness of joy. Okay, so I want you guys to remember that. Well, I want you guys to, to look at a couple of words in this, in this verse. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You know, when I studied this, of course, I studied a lot of the words, like humble and exalt and, you know, the main words, you know, like you would think you would if you were going to study something. And humble just basically means to put yourself under something. Like putting yourself, you want to put yourself under God's hand so that he can exalt you. Uh, the word exalt just means to lift above, to get above everything. And we'll kind of explain it a little more as we go into our, into the message. But basically, the, but basically what I wanted to look at is the word hand. Uh, you guys know that our Bible was uh, translated from the Greek language. Uh, the, the, our Bible was written, you know, the Bible was written in Greek, and then we translated, got a lot of our translation from Greek, among other things. But they basically took it from Greek, and that word hand... I'm going to try to pronounce it for you guys the best I can. You, maybe you guys will help me out because it's kind of a fun word to say. But it's, it, we pronounce it as if you were spelling K-H-I-R-E. Chair. Chair. It's like that. I even, I even found a place where you could hit the translation, you know, to hear it, and a guy would say it for you. And it kind of sounded chair like that. All right, can you all do that? <laughs> like you're clearing your throat, basically, <laughs> a little bit. You know, getting, got a loogie, they call, you know. Just, just be careful not to spit, you know. But this word, but this Greek word that we, that we see as hand, it means this. I looked at in the Strong's Concordance, and it said, hollowness for grasping. I want everybody to look at your hand. Like, do your hand like you're making a cup a little bit. Hollowness for grasping. I like to think that God's got us right there. He's, he's, he's holding on to us. And if we read the book of John, I think it is, John 16, 17, Jesus said, no man will be able to pluck you out of my hand. And then he goes on to say, and no man will be, no man will be able to pluck you out of God's hand. So we're in his hand. Okay? This word, hand, higher, it also means power. It means instrument. It also means means. Y'all, we don't use the word means very much. I don't use it very much. But basically, it's just a way we do things. If we were going to put a, uh, if we had a nail and we were going to put a, that nail in the wall to hang a painting, and we used a hammer, the hammer is, using a hammer is a means of putting that nail in the wall. Y'all understand? So it's a means, okay? 
So that's kind of what we're looking at. My first point this morning, God means to exalt you and I. He means to exalt us. He wants to lift us up. And we'll kind of talk about that exalting a little bit. But he wants to do that. He even says here, if you'll humble yourself under my hand, if you'll do what I want you to do, basically what God is saying here. That's what he's saying. If you'll, if you'll say, okay, God, I'll do what you tell me to do. And it's not just when we come in this place. It's when we walk out of this place. It's when we go to school. It's when we go to work. It's when we're talking to our family. It's when we're talking to our friends. God wants us to do things his way. Now, we're not robots. That's why he says, you humble yourself. You do this. And I know that a lot of people think, well, man, what if it's, what if it's boring and, and bad? And just you know? But it won't be. Again, remember, God wants our lives to be fun. He wants us to have the best fun. Y'all, y'all ever read what some of the stuff Jesus did when he walked on this earth? Can you imagine how fun that, some of that stuff would be? I'd love to take off walking across the water. I'd probably run, right? I'd probably take off running because I'd want to hear the how fast, you know. But I'd run. I'd love to do that. That'd be awesome. We will, we will one day. But I got some things wrote down here. Just in looking at the verses of 1 Peter 5, but God wants to give you grace. In other words, he wants to give you ability, ability. And he has given you ability. There's things that each and every one of us can do that is fantastic. And joined with everybody else, we can do some amazing things on this earth. Amazing things. You know, there was a time when I didn't play the guitar. I didn't know how to play the guitar. I, I couldn't tell you a thing about how to play guitar. But I just began to study it, playing it, year after year, got better. Still not fantastic, but at least I can play. Amen. And then, then listen how it sounds when you add it with other instruments and singers. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. All right? But God wants to give us grace. He wants to care for you, provide for you. He wants to make you perfect. Now, some of you might say perfect. Nobody can be perfect. Well, this word perfect don't mean perfect as in never mess up and everything. It just means you're mature. It just means you're doing stuff. You know, God says be, whole, be perfect because like I'm perfect. Well, God's perfect in every way, but he just wants us to where, again, our life is just, we're just happy and we're, we have joy and we, and we overcome when, when things happen. He wants to establish us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to settle us. And if you look in 1 Peter chapter 5, you can find the, all this that I'm saying to you. He says, put all your care on me because I care for you. I, I provide for you. All right, so I'm going to move on to my second point this morning. We need a means for God to be able to exalt us. And that is the humble part. Each and every one of us has to be humble. We have to put ourselves under what God says. We have to, we have to say to God, whatever you want, whatever it is that you want, God, I'll do that. Now, right now, as I'm speaking, a lot of you, there's a lot of people in here, and a lot, each one of us are thinking different things when I say things like that, right? You have to humble yourself. There was a time in my life that I was a Christian, but I didn't pray. I didn't talk to God very much. There had to be a time when I began to realize, you know, I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to be who God really wants me to be, I'm going to have to start spending time with him every day. Amen. There was a time when I, didn't read, I was a Christian, but I didn't read my Bible very much. And I began to realize, you know what, I'm going to have to start reading. I'm going to have to start studying. If I'm really, and that's what I wanted. I wouldn't think there's a person in this place that would not want to do exactly what God wants you to do. 
If God, if God found it fit to just lay out the rest of your life, you know, if he did that, I don't know if any, of anybody he's ever done that for, but if he laid out his li uh, your life in front of you on a picture or whatever and, and showed at the end just a fantastic victory at the end, but then he began to just show you all these other victories, 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 all these challenges. Oh, look, look at what happened right here where, where you had this huge challenge in your life but I helped you overcome it. If God showed you that, and God could, would tell you, even if God told you just one step, like, hey, I want you to do this tomorrow or whatever, how many of you guys would be like, man, that would be fantastic? Would y'all? Wouldn't it be great? I mean, if God just spelled it out for you, this is what I want you doing tomorrow. I'm just going to say, I want you totally taking it easy tomorrow. Just rest. Don't do no work. Just rest, eat some Twinkies, <laughs> eat a Twinkie, get you a glass of chocolate milk. What, 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 what if he said that? It would be great. It would be great if he just, whatever it is, he just told you, this is what I want you doing. Wouldn't that be great? Now, I know that God speaks to us, and he speaks to us sometimes differently than we want him to. But the point I'm getting to is if you knew what God wanted you to do, wouldn't that be kind of, wouldn't it be kind of a, a comfort, a relaxing? Man, I know exactly what God wants me to do. Well, if you don't know what God wants you to do, then just start taking steps towards it. The th the, what we're doing this morning is a perfect start. Go to church. Can't hurt. We're only here about an hour. And you know, something that I say or something that somebody else says to you while you're here could totally change your life. Amen. Or, even better, God might have you say something to someone that changes their life. Amen. That's really what church is about. Yes. We're coming here to receive from God and others and us in, in exchange do the same. We give. All right. Yes. You know, Christmas... We all, we all get excited about Christmas because we think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get presents. Yeah. Right? How many of y'all in here think, oh, heck, yeah, I'm going to get to spend a lot of money on buying people stuff? <laughs> Who gets excited about that? Not, not normally, but I like it. I went shopping last night by myself for three hours. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. But when I left the house, my wife was giving me a hard time. And uh, she kept butting in on me, wouldn't let me finish saying what I was saying. And, uh, and so, I had to go, so I went shopping by myself. After about 30 minutes, I wish she was with me, you know. <laughs> but, um, but I enjoy it. I'm, I'm just that way. I'm bent towards being a giver. So I like it. But, uh, you know, your money always runs out before your heart does, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go on to our, um, really not kind of the next point. It's kind of just some... I'm going to just kind of end t today with just pointing out a few, just a few places, a few things that we can do in humbling ourselves, okay? And, you know, I know it's, Chris it's almost Christmas, and, uh, you know, I was, when, I got, when I was studying and, and reading all this stuff and I was making out my title and writing it out, and, you know, and I'd think about it and change it and think about it and change it and finally thought I got it where I wanted it. Then, for the next few days, I'm going... 
man, am I being too harsh? You know, am I being, you know, it's Christmas time, you know, should I, should I sugarcoat it, you know, or should I, you know, I don't know. But, so what I'll do here is there's, we are, we are talking about reciprocals, right? So I'll try to, I'll try to talk about the bad, just the hard stuff a little, and then I'll talk about the fun stuff a lot. Does that be all right with you guys? And this is not, this is no exhaustive list of things that we can do. It's just a few things. And remember, I'm the one preaching, so it's just kind of things that speak to me, you know. This is the things that I like to talk about. And, of course, the Bible says when we do these things, it, it is showing our humility to him. And the first thing is pray. When we pray, we're basically telling God, I don't know what to do, you know what to do, so I'm going to talk to you about that. And then whatever you say, that's what I'll do. All right. So if you're not praying, if you're not talking to God, start. Start today. Uh, if it's 30 seconds a day, then just do 30 seconds a day. You know, a lot of times people think about prayer and they go, oh, I don't want to pray. I've been there. I know what you're talking I know what you're thinking. Man, I used to think about praying. I'm like, oh. Then I, look at the, then I look over there at the PlayStation. Man, I could be PlayStation. All right. Anybody done that? Y'all laugh, but y'all laugh, but you're like, that's the way I felt too. We know. You know, there's so many other things that's just funner to do. Because sometimes praying is not fun. And our bodies and our minds want to do fun stuff. But it's something we got to do. You know, I, I can remember back when I was a kid, my dad would, when my dad would fix the mow the yard, of course, he'd tell me and my brother, go out, the, go out in the yard and get all the sticks out of the yard and anything trash, you know, because he didn't want to run over. You don't want to run over sticks and trash, because then it's worse. Me and my brother used to hate doing that. And we, ain't, we, we didn't have a little bit of yard. I mean, my dad has, his, his yard at his, on his house was like three acres. But, of course, it wasn't all grass. You know, it was, there was a lot of trees that where he didn't mow, but probably at least an acre, probably at least an acre of having to pick up limbs. Man, you know, anybody ever done that? It's horrible. It's work. You know, it's a terrible, terrible job, you know. Of course, me and my brother were just like, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, right in there. So we really hate it, you know. We'd rather be, rather be watching TV or something. But, uh, but when, you know, when I look back at it, it was good for us. Because it, it, taught us, it taught us some important things. Anybody ever messed up lawnmower blades? Yeah. Hitting a stick? Oh, man, I've done that. And then, I, then when I'd done it the first time with my own mower that I paid for, then I realized why my dad was telling me to pick the sticks up. So it's, there's a lot of things that we don't want to do, but we just need to do it. And, you know, um, if you'll just go ahead and follow through with it, if you'll just do it, you'll, you'll, think, you'll, know, you'll begin to realize that the next time's easier, and then the next time's even easier, and the next time. And then after a while, you're just doing it without even thinking about it. You know, just like when you was a kid tying your shoe, it wasn't fun, wasn't easy. But the more you did it, now you can sit. Now you can talk on your phone, work on the computer, tie, button your shirt, and tie your shoes. All you know, you can do a lot of stuff all at the same time. You don't even have to think about it because it's just you've done it so much. And that's the same way it is with the things of God. That's why God tells us meditate the Word over and over, do the Word over and over. You know, be faithful, be committed. You know, because He knows the more we do it, it'll just start to become habit. And, you know, it's a great thing when you're doing things habitually that pay off for you. It's great. Yeah. It's great. One of the best things. So, first thing is pray. And I was going to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, but I'll just look at a few verses, just kind of, God's just teaching us about prayer here. 
He says in verse 7, when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. In other words, don't get in there and go, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Love you so much, Jesus. Jesus will love you so much. Don't think that just by saying a bunch of words, it, it impresses God any. It doesn't matter how many words. You know, he already knows what you need. He already knows what you're fixing to say. But he just wants to hear you say it. So just get in there and say it. You know, don't, don't get in there and don't get in there and make a big deal of it. Like I say, if, you, if you're a person that you're not a person that prays much, well, just start with a minute a day. I tell the praise and worship team all the time, hey, guys, don't remember to pray every day. Every day. I said, no, I said, remember to pray. Don't forget to pray. Excuse me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to multitask here, all right? Don't remember to not forget to pray. Thanks for helping me. That was a woman, wasn't it? That was a, wom that was a woman that corrected me. All right, that's okay. I'm humble. I'm, listen I'm listening to God. Just remember, just remember, he's going to exalt me. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. But when, we, but when we pray, he says, don't use vain repetitions. And then in another place, he says, don't, don't go and pray out in public. Or don't let prayer be something that you brag about to other people. Because that's your reward. But he's just teaching us about prayer. But the thing that I like, and this is the sweet part. This is the good part. The praying, the going and praying. God says, when you pray, go get in your closet and shut the door. The, 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 thing, I, the thing I get out of that is, is that he wants to spend time with just you. Amen. That's awesome. Y'all yeah. know who God is, right? Yeah. Created, created everything. But he wants to talk secretly with you. He says, do that, and then when you do that, I'll reward you openly. How many of you like it if God was bragging about you to people? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Just the reward by itself, whatever the reward is. Yeah. That'd be awesome when it's coming from God. Yeah. All right. So spend time with God, and he'll reward you. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. You know, it, nothing about prayer is about God doing anything. He says, you go pray. You go pray. And if God does nothing and says nothing, pray anyways. Right. You just keep talking to him. Because yeah. he hears you. Just remember to pray in Jesus' name. Yeah. When you say, Lord, I, pray, I come to you in Jesus' name, he, you got his ear immediately. Right. Because Jesus is, is, is the only way. Okay? Let's move on to the next point. I put worship God, use your faith, and do not worry. And where I got this from was, if you look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, the next verse... He says, cast all your care on him, or how does it say Casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. God, now God doesn't worry. That word there, care, there does not mean worry. It says that God takes care of you. God provides for you. I will take care of anything, any worry, any anxiety that you might have. I'll take care of that. But he won't if you're trying to take care of it. He says, cast it on him. Put it on him. God, I, I'm going to, so I got, that's where I got it. When we, get, when, we, when we get to a place in our lives where we start to be concerned about something or worry or anxious, why don't we just stop for a minute and just say, okay, God, I'm getting anxious. I'm worrying about something. So I need to talk to you about this. I'm just going to give it to you, 
Why not, why not just say, God, I love you? Why not just start worshiping him? Why not just start thanking him? God, I thank you that even though I feel all these pressures of worry and anxiety, I just want to say thank you for taking it. You take it from me. I don't want these feelings. Any of y'all like, like worrying? Sometimes I think my parents like to worry. And I ask them all the time, why? Why? Why would you do it? I said, what good does it do? And they go, none. I said, so why? Why do, why do it? So don't worry. Um, do you remember, the, you remember the guy in the Bible, Jairus? He came to Jesus and said, my daughter is now, even now dead. But if you'll come lay your hand on her, she'll, she'll live. Why don't we do that? Why don't you do, my kids ain't acting right, but God, I know that it, if, I'll, if I will do what you say, you'll, you'll exalt me over that. My house, I don't have my house payment. What am I going to do, Lord? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to believe you, trust you. Just do that. Why don't we do that? You know, you know, y'all know that worry is just faith in the negative? Worrying is faith that bad stuff's going to happen. Faith is believing that good stuff's going to happen. All right? So let's flip it around. All right? And then my last point this morning, invest your money in the right places. Amen. This is just stuff that's true, dear to my heart. This, if you think, oh, no problem. Just hear what I got to say. Let God deal with you. That's what all this is about, right? Yeah. God just changing us. Let him change us. You know, I can't push my convictions off on you. You got to let it be your conviction. And if it's not your conviction, then talk to God about it. God, how convicted should I be about this? What do you want me to do about this? That's what I do. Pastor says a lot of stuff I don't agree with. Believe no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, br uh, Brother Hagen uh, Sr. used to... Brother, yeah, fasting, yeah. <laughs> Brother Hagen Sr., he used to say, even an old cow is smarter than that. He might reach down and get him a bite of grass, and there might be some twigs in there that he don't want to eat. Well, he don't spit the whole thing out. He just spits the twigs out, all right? So, so take what I've got to say to you, and if you say if you got a problem with it, well, then go to God with it and say, God, what, what do I do about this? Go look at your word. You know, you don't ever want to take a, something from what anybody says without going and talking to God about it first. Amen. Go to him. Say, hey, God, well, but, look, but I'm going to show you in the word some things about this uh, and uh, great, great stuff, just great stuff. I believe, I believe this is a, a big key this is a huge key of us humbling ourselves under God, and I'll, and I'll show you why. But investing your money in the right places, let me see how I want to do this. Ephesians chapter 4, remember I'm going to try to keep it sweet for you all, all right? Because I, I know it's Christmas. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings on Christmas. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11, um, it says that God gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Basically, basically, these are spiritual leaders. Okay, They're a gift to us. They're a gift. We have a pastor, uh, Pastor Marvin and Miss Patty. They're our pastors. Okay, They're gifts given to us by God. Okay, But listen to what, why. Listen to why God gives us these gifts. Okay, For the perfecting of the saints. Didn't I just say a while ago that if we'd humble ourselves, God would exalt us, he would establish... He would settle us. He would perfect us. So he gave us pastors to perfect us. Okay? Till we all come into the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, 
under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So what I want to show you guys out of this, um, and let me, let me mention just a couple more verses so I can kind of shorten it up and I'll finish. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let him that is taught in the word, who's being taught in the word today? We are. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Philippians chapter 4 says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, communicate, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Now this was a man by the name of Paul, Paul the Apostle, and he's talking to people in churches just like this. He's talking to the Galatian church. He's talking to the Philippian church. Okay, He's talking to the Ephesian church. He's not talking to a Bible book. Y'all understand? This was real congregations of people that Paul wrote a letter to. And he's talking about them giving to him and the church. He was a spiritual leader or a pastor, if, a pastor, if you will. Y'all understand where, where we're going? So we're talking about the communication, the giving of resources, finances, and support for a spiritual leader. And God has told us to do that out of these verses here. All right? So that's basically what I'm wanting to tell you guys when I say invest your money in the right places. It's great to have savings account. It's great to have, uh, you know, investments in other things. But when we read the Word, he says to make sure that we're investing in our church. Would any of you guys go to work and just work for free, and then Friday comes, and, and when they said, well, we don't have a paycheck for you, would you guys be okay with that? No. Of course you wouldn't. If you went out and planted a garden, would you not expect to eat some of the, the vegetables? What if somebody showed up right as you're about to harvest, and they said, well, you can't, you're not going to get to eat any of this garden that you worked hard to. Would anybody be okay with that? And when we come into the church, it's the same thing. When we come into this place, we all, all of us are sowing. Yes, we're all giving, and God expects us to. He expects us to sow, to give in our time, our talents, our monies. And when we do that, it makes this church better. Right. It makes our church so much better. Yes. You know, if nobody ever gave, if nobody ever gave to the church, and I'm not just talking about tithes, not just offerings, but even above that. We wouldn't enjoy a lot of the things that we enjoy. We wouldn't get to come in here and play and sing and have lights and air conditioning and heating. Yeah. We wouldn't. It doesn't, that's, yeah. that, that, and that's the way God meant for it to be. He meant for us to all come in, communicate or support, and give our support. Not just our time and talent, but our money as well. Yeah. So I just want to show you guys that, again, it's something that's very dear to me. There's... There's instances all in the Bible where people would give money and we see God blessing right behind it. The woman with the two mites, she just gave two little mites, they call it, like you might say two pennies, 
But Jesus said, she's given more than all these rich people over here that you see giving. Why? Because it was from her heart. It was all she had, but I'm giving it anyway. No selfishness, no stingy, no greed. Just, I want to obey God. I want to obey God. And the Bible says that where our treasure is, wherever our money is, wherever our time is, wherever we spend time, talent, treasure, that's where our heart is. And that's what God wants. He wants our hearts to be in it. Now, you can hold your money back. And you might think, well, I don't, I'm not convicted to do that. I'm not going to give. I'm just going to hold my money back. Well, is that right? Mm. Not according to what the Word says. You guys realize that all of our money that we have, every bit of, every penny that you have, it belongs to God? It all is. It's all His. You know, I, but I went to work, and I got that paycheck. Yeah, but if it, weren't in the, if it wasn't for the, the body that God gave you, if it wasn't for the mind that God gave you, you know, you could still be in the ground. You could, be, you could be dirt right now. You could be nothing. But God give us that. He's graced us. He's put us here for a reason. Can you, ima- can you guys imagine if, if, if every one of us in this room today gave, let's just say we're all going to be really generous today and we all give 100 bucks, each person. Look around the room for just a minute. Can you imagine how, how much money that would be? Now, I'm not saying that you should give $100. Don't, don't get me wrong. Again, go talk to God about that. Go talk to God about that. See what he, find out what he says in the Word to do, and then do that. You know, And you'll find out that when you say, okay, God, whatever you want me to do with my money, you'll, you'll begin to realize he'll lift you up above. He'll, he'll cause money. Hey, he, he can bring money to you in, in a bag in the mouth of a donkey if he wants to. He can do anything. This is God we're talking about, all right? So don't get scared or freaked out or worried that, oh, man, you mean I've got to start giving? Because if you start doing it with a right heart, God, I want to do it because you said. Then God will take care of you. He'll provide for you. And it doesn't matter the amount. It's the percentage. God says the first 10% plus give an offering, a little bit over that. And then ask God. Be asking God. God, is there any more? Anything else you want me to do? I've heard story after story of, People praying, and God said, hey, I want you to give this amount or that amount or go do this or do that. And they did it, and then they wound up getting blessed 100 times over. Amen. Is anybody interested in that? Yeah. I'm interested in that because I want us to have a fantastic church that could support 10,000 people. Yeah. What if tomorrow 10,000 people was on our concrete out here wanting Jesus? Are we ready? Are we ready for that? Yeah. It's going to take money, y'all realize, yeah. right? And I want us to be ready, because I want those people. I've been praying for those people. Yeah, Lord, bring them. Show us how to do it. Right. Well, thank you guys this morning. Let's, let's pray. Love you, Lord God. Thank you. Lord, thank you for your awesome word this morning. I thank you for it setting us free, um, just helping us.